Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. It is Talkback Tuesday on a Wednesday. My name is Jay Zawoski, host of Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, and your team is the Chicago Blackhawks. A lot to get to on this show. Uh, we have some voicemails, we've got some emails, but there are a lot of news and notes to go over, so we're going to do that first, then we will get to the mailbag segment the talk back segment if you want to get in touch with me send an email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com follow the show on twitter at lo underscore blackhawks you can follow my personal account at jayzawaski 670 and make sure to check out my other blackhawks podcast the madhouse chicago hockey podcast we do it once or twice a week it's a longer form thing i have a partner james Navo. totally different format uh yesterday we released an episode that we recorded live at the barrel club in oaklawn good episode happened right after the blues game so check that out i think you'll like it and if you want to leave a voicemail 708-653-0572 so before we get to talk back tuesday wednesday uh a lot of news from tuesday's practice first and foremost robin leonard practiced he said he was out with food poisoning not the flu so there's that andrew shaw Yesterday, we weren't sure what the injury was, why he was being held out. It was disclosed on Tuesday that he's in a concussion protocol. Strom and Kajula, who were also both on a concussion protocol, are practicing. And it looks like one or both of them could play Thursday against Boston. The Lions in practice on Tuesday. Taves centering Sada Nylander. Strom centering Debrinkit and Kane. Kampf centering Kubelik and Vadin. And Carpenter centering Smith, Doc, and Kajula. They're sort of rotating out there on the bottom line. Defensive pairs, Olimata and Connor Murphy, Calvin DeHaan and Brent Seabrook, Eric Gustafson and Slater Cuckoo. So it looks like Stroman Kajula are going to be ready to play. Jeremy Cowton updated the injury situation on Tuesday. He talks about Duncan Keith. He talks about some of the other guys getting close. He's also asked if Adam Boquist is a consideration to be recalled. And then towards the end... He talks about his experience with concussions as a player and how it informs his decisions as a head coach. I think it's really, really interesting. Give it a listen. Apologies for the audio quality. This is pulled from the Blackhawks website, and Jeremy Cowton has trailing off issues. Yeah, he'll start way up here, and then he'll finish his thought way down here. So I try to ride the volume as much as I can, um, but it's impossible without it sounding totally overmodulated. So... I think it's pretty audible. I did the best I could with it. But here's Jeremy Cowton updating the injury situation and a whole lot more. The first response is his answer when asked the status of Duncan Keith. Give it a listen here. Again, courtesy of ChicagoBlackhawks.com. Uh, he's not going to come with us. Um, that's about what we know for now. So he's out the next two for sure. Yeah. Okay. What about everyone else? <laughs> well, they're skating, so that's good. Uh, we don't have to make a decision on that until we get on the plane, so we'll give it another day. Would you consider, I know, I know you called Bullquist last time, is he someone that you guys would still consider him to see like Yeah, we, uh, we like him. Obviously, he did a good job for us uh, when he was up, and uh, he's played well, uh, to my knowledge, and what I've seen since he went back down, the team's playing well, so that's what he can control. Your, your career ended from concussion. Do you remember... Deciding if it's one more, I'm out. Do you remember how you kind of? No, it, it was like uh, I got one more and I didn't get better for a, while, a long time after I'd just been through it. Uh, 
I had I had one where I had to sit out for almost a full year, and then I came back and got hit again, and then I was out again for several months, and that was uh, that told the tale for me. It was time. Did you worry about guys when they I mean, someone like Charles who's had multiple concussions? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I care about the guys. I care about them. Want them to um, have the opportunity to play as long as they can. Uh, obviously, they're really important players for us, but more so just for their own. Um, you know, well-being that they're they're going to play uh, as many games as they can in the league, and and then off, obviously after they're done, I want them to be healthy and have uh, enjoy time with their family and all those things. So uh, something I'm keenly aware of. Interesting stuff from Jeremy Calton there. Uh, I think the concussion stuff is really interesting, and, I, and I've referenced it a few times. His career was cut short by an injury, and that's really the first time I've heard him go into much detail about the situation. Um, but it's good, you know, look, I know that it's, it's, we live and die with the Blackhawks every day, but it's good that their head coach is aware and actually cares about guys' health. And look, what we were finding out about concussions and the long-term ramifications of concussions, uh, now that we have that information, I'm glad to see that there's a coach around the league, especially in a league like the NHL that takes it seriously and prioritizes things correctly. These guys are going to play until they're 30, 35 years old. They've got a whole long life ahead of them, and uh, they should do their best to make it as livable as possible. If it means missing an extra game or two, so be it. That's how I stand, and I think most people listening to the Lockdown Podcast would agree. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out about that, when he was asked about Adam Boquist, you can't see it in the audio because it's audio, but his eyes sort of perked up. He Raised his eyebrows, yeah. He was kind of excited that the name came up. I'm not reading into it. I don't think Boquist is going to be called up anytime soon, necessarily. But I just thought it was interesting to see him perk up the way he did when the name of Adam Boquist was mentioned uh, to Cowan. So, I don't know, good news. Strom's coming back. Kajula, I don't know if he'll play, but Kajula's uh, eligible to return. So, the Hawks are getting healthier. Obviously, Duncan Keith is the biggest one, probably the most important one. But... Just going by the lines I read you a few minutes ago, that's a way better team. That's a way better team with I mean with Strom and that second line. That was a big void. You're throwing Ryan Carpenter out there and you're playing a man short one game. It's just it was not an ideal situation. Uh and I'm I'm very glad Dylan Strom is back. Let's hope that he's as close to hundred percent healthy as he can be and that he doesn't really miss a beat from where he was uh when he was out. In that interview as well, didn't share the audio there, but he did talk about Kirby Doc, and uh, you know we've seen a trend lately of him trying to stick handle through everybody, and it made sort of a concerted effort over the last few games to shoot the puck more often and take chances that were given. Calton acknowledged that and said that he's getting better at it, so that's something that's been a storyline of late as well. So I don't know. I guess uh, if you're talking about a Tuesday practice news uh evaluation I guess you could say mostly good not great that Duncan Keith is not traveling so he won't play Thursday or Friday but if he's back Monday I'm sorry if he's back Sunday against Arizona or Tuesday against Vegas I think you'd be pretty pleased anything beyond that though and I start to get worried the Hawks need Duncan Keith if they're going to compete and uh, they are in danger of falling into last place in the Western Conference so let's hope they get healthy while they uh, sort of tread water and stay in the race here.
Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and that you've earned watching the Blackhawks lately and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. It is Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and it is Talk Back Tuesday, Wednesday. This is something we do at 670 The Score when the Bears play on a Thursday. It's a built for tough Bears Monday on a Friday. It's very confusing, but this is Talk Back Tuesday on Wednesday because the Blackhawks played on Monday night. Confused yet? Yeah, me too. All right, let's get right to it. Going to start things off today with an email. This one comes from Jake in Bourbon A, home of my Madhouse podcast co-partner, co-partner, partner, just partner, James Naveau. He says, do you think the criticisms of the Hawks over the last few years is a little unfair given the success they had from 09 to 2016? I understand that the three cups and nine straight playoff appearances have set high expectations for the team, but people are acting like being a Hawks fan is miserable. Teams who experience great success are expected to fall off at some point. Things could be so much worse. Teams like the Maple Leafs haven't won a cup in 52 years. I just believe that some Hawks fans are acting a little ungrateful, but maybe that's just me. Thanks. Jake, that's a good email, and I think we can lose sight of all the Hawks accomplished in such a short amount of time. I do think some of the impatience comes from a lot of these fans, and this is not a criticism, You'll never hear me knock bandwagon fans. Bandwagon fans are a good thing. They bring revenue to the team, to the organization, which the team then spends on players, et cetera, et cetera. I will never knock a bandwagon fan, but you had a lot of people jump onto the Hawks just in time for the 2009 Western Conference Final, right? So they didn't really, a lot of Hawks fans didn't go through the misery that others did from 1961 to 2010 that was a long time of misery and it wasn't just misery it was a horribly managed games out on tv really really bad thing but i do think there's some truth to what you're saying we did get spoiled we definitely got spoiled winning three stanley cups is not easy it's really not and and look it took the hawks since 1961 to win one let alone three What the Hawks accomplished is really remarkable, and I think it's easy to lose sight of that when you're watching games and you're getting frustrated and it doesn't look like it looked back then. I may have mentioned this in the podcast before. I am in the final stages of writing a book about the Blackhawks, and I'm doing a, it's like a 50 chapter, uh, it's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, so I'm revisiting a lot of these great moments in recent Hawks history, and we forget. We forget how good it was. And even going back and watching highlights of games and you know recapping plays and moments and series, the Hawks were awesome. They were awesome. And a lot of the guys that are on the team now are why they were awesome. And they're having their natural decline. Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith. Jonathan Taves, to a lesser extent, Patrick Kane, who's playing better than ever somehow. But yeah, these guys not so long ago gave us some really good memories. So when you get really frustrated, take a a second 
and reflect on that. All right, let's do the first voicemail of the show. This one comes to us from Spencer. Hey, Jay, this is Spencer. Big fan of the podcast. I just had a question about Matthew Highmore. Charlie Romeliotis tweeted out that Mark Bergevin was in the house on Tuesday night watching the game against the Stars. He also mentioned that Bergevin had been to Rockford a few times this year. I'm wondering, do you think there's a possibility that uh, the Canadians are interested in acquiring Highmore? Thanks, Jay. Spencer, thanks for the voicemail. Appreciate that. If you want to leave one of your own, 708-653-0572. I go back, you know, this was, I go back a week and pull all the ones that haven't aired. So if you have a thought in your mind during a game and it's far away from Talk Back Tuesday, leave the message anyway. I will play it. We do know, Spencer, that Mark Bergevin has been scouting the Blackhawks. For whom? We don't know. Elliot Friedman in his 31 thoughts the other day mentioned that the Canadians were in the market for a left-handed defenseman. That would be Eric Gustafson. That would be Slater Cuckoo if that's why he's scouting the Blackhawks. Maybe he's scouting Rockford as well for a look at maybe this is going to be a bigger trade. Maybe it's going to be a multi-piece trade. And he wants to get a look at some of the prospects. He wants to get a look at some of the star, some of the NHL players. So he's doing his due diligence uh, scouting the Hawks. And look, sometimes guys just travel around because that's how their schedule takes them. Maybe we're reading into it. But I do think with the smoke around Mark Bergevin being around the Hawks and the Ice Hawks so much lately, there is some fire there. If something materializes, who knows? But he's there checking out the Hawks and Ice Hogs, so who knows? Could be something, could be nothing. We'll find out soon, or we won't. That's the fun of being a hockey fan. Next question comes from Travis Barker. He says, I do not want to see the Blackhawks hold back Adam Boquist for contract reasons. When he and Doc are up for their paydays, won't the Hawks have plenty of cap room? Isn't there a new TV deal and cup winners retiring? I want to see the most competitive team they could put on the ice especially with these goalies and aging future Hall of Famers showing they can still play a little bit. Lastly, have your thoughts on Mark Crawford change in light of the claim he kicked a player on the bench as head coach in L.A.? Travis, thanks for the email, and yes, I wanted to address the Mark Crawford thing. First of all, you're right. The Hawks, once Boquist and Doc's contracts are up, they will have more cap space. So Doc's contract is up after 2021-22. Adam Boquist's contract is up the same year. Off the books after that season are Kelvin Hahn at 4.55, Ole Mata at 4.08, and Connor Murphy at 3.85. Those are cap hits. You'll also have Andrew Shaw coming off the books after that year. He's at 3.9. Ryan Carpenter, a million. If they want the cap space, they can find it. I'm not overly concerned with that. You want to ask, though, 2021, what's left on... Patrick Kane's contract, one year. Jonathan Tays, one year. Brent Seabrook will still have two years on that one, and Duncan Keith will have one more year. So Keith and Seabrook, they could be here for a long, long time. All right, as for the Mark Crawford stuff, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the week, and a lot of new things have come to light, and it, it's not great. Um, I had forgotten about what happened with Brent Sopel. He talked about it last year on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, saying that Crawford called him the P-word, that Crawford abused him physically and mentally. We had Sean Avery the other day say that he would kick him on the bench. 
today in the Vancouver Sun, a news story uh, surfaced that former player Harold Druken said that Crawford was physically abusive. I don't know if we're going to see Mark Crawford back on the Blackhawks bench. They are hyper-aware, and rightfully so, they are hyper-aware of their image as a team. They do not want that guy with all these allegations circling around him on their bench. And I would be surprised at this point with all the information coming out. And again, this is happening like by the minute there's stories surfacing about Mark Crawford, just like they've been surfacing about other coaches around the league. Not quite to the extent of Bill Peters, we think, but we're getting a lot of conf- not conflicting. We're getting a lot of confirmed reports from several players saying, yeah, he was physically and verbally abusive to me. And I think there's a difference, by the way, of verbally abusive saying, hey, do better, skate harder, play harder, do more, you know, or you sucked the other day. Those are acceptable. But when it gets to obviously the racial things with Bill Peters, uh, Harold Druken said that that Crawford would call him a newfie because he's from Newfoundland over and over again. And I know that's not quite the N-word, but still, it's it's a personal attack that's bigoted and derogatory. So, I don't know. The Hawks are doing their due diligence here. And, uh, and I, again, I would be surprised if Mark Crawford's back. Uh, some of these quotes from Brent Sobel, I, I don't even want to read them on the podcast because they're so profane. But here's a quote. I think it was my third or fourth training camp. I'm in Ottawa. We played an exhibition game. Mark Crawford is our coach at this time. He pulls me and he says, Soaps, we're sending you down. You're a P word. You don't fight. You don't hit. You don't skate. You don't shoot. You're a P word. You do effing nothing out here. So we're sending you down to the minors. He said, you're terrible. You do nothing. You don't shoot hard. You don't skate hard. You don't pass hard. You do absolutely nothing. You have no hope of an NHL career. So you're heading off to the minors. See you later. So... I mean, look, anyone who's been an athlete at any sort of competitive level, I played high school sports, I was called names like that by my fifth grade football coach. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean it should keep going. I think the Hawks should probably walk away from this. It's an assistant coach. They're not hugely invested in it. Um, It does sort of change their mind if they feel like firing Cowton. Now they don't have that security blanket of Mark Crawford there. And I don't know if they feel like Derek King, the Rockford coach is quite there yet. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, what happens with this Mark Crawford thing? I just, uh, I hope the Hawks make the right decision. And I hope that the guys he did abuse, um, feel some sort of, uh, you know, satisfaction and peace over the whole thing. Talk back Tuesday on a Wednesday continues here. On Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Jay Zawoski with you here. Let's go right back to the voicemail line. This is Tyler. Jay Zawoski, the Hogmeister Supreme. Dude, listen, Adam Boquist has to come back up. Uh, Slater Cuckoo, the way that he played Saturday was not it. Uh, Duncan Keith, I get it. They don't think that, you know, it, based off what you're saying, it's not that serious. So, you know, he could come back pretty soon, which is why they haven't called Boquist back up. You know, got it, man. Hey, that's cool. Eric Gustafson, he might have a little trade value now. He's been playing pretty well, you know, past few days. I think that, you know, if, if we can get something out of him, we should. You know, I think there's far better opportunities out there for us. And, 
you know, Boquist is definitely one of them. You know, I think that had Boquist been in Saturday night, I don't think that there would have been that many goals scored by Avalanche. I really don't. Uh, you know, he's, I get it, we've only got a, a very small sample size, but based off what we've seen, he's, he's kind of, he, I mean, he's significantly better than, uh, than Slater. You know, Slater's just got to go, man. Hey, dude, keep up the good work. We all really appreciate it. Thanks. Tyler, I think you speak for a lot of people in Blackhawk Nation that they've seen enough from Slater Cuckoo. And it's not really a criticism. He's fine. But is that the guy that's going to prevent the Blackhawks from playing Adam Boquist? No, that's dumb. I mean, I'm sorry. Like Slater Cuckoo should not be the guy they're afraid of losing. If they want Adam Boquist here, wave Slater Cuckoo. If you lose him, well, what are you going to do, right? Learn to, you know, you'll find somebody else to come up and play average defense and be your number seven. I, I don't know. I, I am fully on board with Boquist being here, learning on the fly, especially now that the Hawks are closer to last place than they are a playoff spot. Maybe the season is about to turn into a developmental season more than a contending season. If that's the case, get Boquist up here. I think the next two weeks could really dictate the way this season goes one way or the other. Next voicemail comes to us from Sean. Hey, Jay, this is Sean from South Carolina. Hey, I'm calling to find out why we are in a salary cap crunch that we can't call people up. And also, why have we stopped attacking the front of the net and screening? Watch two periods and very few shots have been screened. They all have been highly visible. Thank you very much. Sean, thanks for the voicemail. Uh, Long story short, the Blackhawks had a lot of salary that was injured that they didn't want to put on IR because they expect those players back, namely Andrew Shaw and namely Duncan Keith. Shaw makes $4 million, Keith makes $5.5 million, and to bring somebody up, they just didn't have the space to do it, so they had to sort of bite that bullet for one game. Uh, it's rough. It's not ideal, obviously, and I don't know if it cost them the game, but they didn't win, uh, but that's what it was. They didn't want to put Shaw or Keith on injured reserve because they feel like they'll be back sooner than that and and that's what played a role in that move as far as the pressure in front of the net interesting you mentioned that jeremy Cowton in practice tuesday uh not totally similar not totally to the point of your question but there has been a bit of a change in the way they're playing and this is from ben pope's twitter um jeremy Cowton seemed to think the hawks have overcorrected on the excessive dump-ins and now don't dump it in when they should here's a quote from Cowton. Sometimes there's no play to make, so then we got to move it ahead and force them to come 200 feet through our structure where we can cause turnovers. I think Cowton's right there. And while we were all very happy that Cowton was told to change the system and he did, and the results were good from there, we are seeing the Hawks now go back into those bad habits of when they were with Joel Quenville where they refused to ever dump it in. The right thing to do is in the middle. Sometimes there's not a play to make, and you just have to get it deep and go chase. Or you just sort of punt on the possession. It's better than turning it over at your blue line and giving up an odd man rush. They've got to get back to the choosing the right moments and choosing the right times to carry the puck in and dump the puck in. And once they strike that proper balance, they're going to have a lot better results. Thanks for the question, Sean. Let's go back to the emails. Next one comes from Alex Benjamin. He's got a number of emails here, 
so I'll go through them rapid fire. First one, after watching tonight's Blues at Hawks game, do you think part of the Hawks' problem is that they have no sustained pressure and are essentially one and done in the offensive zone? Therefore, they're getting gas skating up and down the ice. That's definitely a factor. And when they play a defensive-minded team like the Blues, they're just naturally going to give up fewer chances against. The Blues are happy to just bore you to death, <laughs> right? They're not a, a, an attacking team like Colorado. They sit back, they defend. So, yeah, the Hawks, especially against the Blues, get those one-and-done chances. Next question from Alex. What would the trade value be on Corey Crawford if we were to decide to give up on the only good thing going for us in net? Meaning the he's, he's talking about the tandem of goalies. I think Corey Crawford has very low trade value. I think based on his concussion history, I can't imagine a team giving up a lot for him. He is an unrestricted free agent after this year. And if we do get to that point, like I discussed a little bit ago, where it becomes a developmental year and a team's looking to add a goalie close to the trade deadline, maybe you consider it. But Corey Crawford has a 10-team trade list that he will submit if the Blackhawks want to trade him. Sometimes players just say, you know what? Go ahead, trade me. I'd like to have a stab at one more cup here because who knows what the future holds for Corey Crawford. Who knows if he might just hang it hang it up. He's 34 years old. Like I said, he's had a number of concussions. Maybe Corey Crawford's had enough. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. We're going to wrap things up with one final voicemail. Again, 708-653-0572 to leave your own. This one's from Aiden. What's up, Jay? It's Aiden uh, calling from Flagstaff, Arizona. I just started listening to your podcast uh, last month. And I'm loving it. Uh, so my question for Talk Back Wednesday is, if the Blackhawks continue to play like this for the next couple weeks, do we see a decline in Leonard and Crawford? Do they lose the motivation to continue to play as good as they have been? Aiden, thank you for the voicemail. Appreciate it. A lot of people listening from out of state, which is great. I, I never saw that with the Madhouse podcast. That just sort of demonstrates the reach of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Greatly appreciate all you Hawks fans from out of Chicago getting in touch. I don't know if, well, let me answer your question. Yes, I do think the Hawks are in danger of Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford's play declining simply because logic would tell you they can't possibly sustain the level of play they've had all year. They've both been lights out, but I don't think it will be a question of motivation. I don't think they're going to be frustrated and just not care or not try anymore. That's not really in the personality of either of those guys, especially Robin Leonard. Uh, he's a competitor. He wants to win. We've seen him in his short time in Chicago. Look, the season's two months old, and I think we already know a real, a real lot about Robin Leonard's personality. Um, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to quit or give up, but I do think that it's it's probably reasonable to expect the Hawks goaltending to take a step back just because it's kind of normal. Like You can't, really put, you can't be Dominic Hasek and Patrick Waugh in their prime every night. It's just not realistic because they're not those two guys. They're just not. All right, that's going to do it for Talk Back Tuesday on a Wednesday here on Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tomorrow, Thursday, is game day. We'll do a preview of the Boston Bruins. We'll also get over, uh, we'll discuss some of the news and notes from practice. Hopefully, we'll have some news on the status of the players. Dylan Strom, Drake Ajula, Duncan Keith. Maybe we'll know where they stand a little more ahead of that game so thanks for listening greatly appreciate it we'll talk to you on thursday morning this is lockdown blackhawks my name is jay zawoski we are part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day